Never be the one who says, I have no idea. Unlock the full picture and get unlimited access to unique data and respected business journalism that advances your understanding in businesses. Subscribe today at housingwire.com slash membership. Sometimes I hear this, this sort of idea, well, you compete with me, um, and we don't. Uh, we, we are licensed as a broker. We hold brokerage licenses. And we did that primarily uh, so that we could basically get fresher and more accurate, more complete data on, on Zillow. Um, but what you will never see us do, we're not listing homes. So if, if, you as a, if you as a seller came to us and said, Zillow, would you list our home? We'd say no, but we'll find you a really good agent who can do that for you. If you're a buyer and said, Zillow, would you please represent me uh, You know, on the buy side? We'd say no, but we'll find you a really good agent who can do that. So um, I think the refrain of, well, well, just because you hold a license, you compete with us. Um, I think if you, if you look at it, it doesn't really hold water. In fact, what we've seen consistently is that you know consumers on Zillow are more likely to use a real estate agent than consumers who are not on Zillow. It's it simply, I think we just live in an era now where everybody likes to do a little bit of research on their own. They like to come to a conversation informed and empowered. Um, and, and, and our entire business, our entire success is staked on our partner agent's success. Um, if our partner agents aren't making money by working with us, they're, they're going to leave. Um, so, so we are highly committed to, to this industry and to, and to our agent partners. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where your host, Tracy Velt, Editorial Director of Real Trends, interviews the brightest minds in real estate. Each week, brokerage leaders, top agents, team leaders, and industry experts join Tracy to share their trends, their secrets to success, and the lessons they've learned navigating this ever-changing industry. Today's Real Trending features Errol Samuelson with Zillow. We address the elephant in the room, which is the demise of Zillow's iBuying or Zillow Offers program, and talk about what's next for the company, some of the misconceptions that he thinks real estate leaders have and agents have about Zillow. But more importantly, we discuss the the future of Zillow and where they want to go. And they're putting their stock in uh, a core product called, well, they don't have a name for it, but it will be a housing super app. And what they're aiming to do is streamline the transaction, which of course we've heard many, many times before. And I think that there are a lot of companies attempting to do the same thing right now. So it'll be interesting to see what becomes of this. There isn't a ton of real specific information on what they mean by this super housing app. They did talk about it a little bit in their earnings call, and you can read more about that on realtrends.com. But, um, you know, he, he does discuss some of the future, and I think you'll find it interesting. Thanks so much. This is Tracy Velt, Editorial Director for Real Trends. Today, you'll be listening to an exclusive interview with Errol Samuelson, Chief Industry Development Officer for Zillow Group. A longtime leader at Zillow, Errol is responsible for the company's real estate industry strategy and business-to-business product development. So welcome, Errol. Hi, Tracy. Yeah, you have been, um, we've talked for quite a few years now, you've always been an integral part of the Real Trends family. So thank you for joining the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, Great to be here. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I'm just going to start with the elephant in the room. Everybody wants to know, you know, you shut down the iBuying program, um, citing the because of price forecasting volatility, iBuying was too risky. There are a lot of um, pundits saying that they feel like the iBuying business is dead anyway. So talk to me a little bit about that decision, the fallout, and um, and where you are today. Yeah, happy to do that. Um, so so the, the thesis behind the iBuying um, business or experiment was it's it's really difficult for many movers, right? There's um, uncertainty. Um, there's a lot of stress around the move. And so the question is, how do you make the move more certain, less stress, stressful? How do you basically help unstick people who would like to move to a new home, um, but just don't want to deal with all of the complexity? Um, that portion of our mission hasn't changed. So we are still working on that problem and there are different ways to attack it. But you know, in terms of iBuying, what we discovered there, and you alluded to this, is, is the issue of, of price volatility and how to deal with it. Um, you know, it's not just a matter of pricing the home today when you're an iBuyer. What you have to be able to do is say, what is that home going to be worth in three to six months? So you make an offer on the property. Then there's some period of time because you allow, you would typically allow the seller to choose their close date. Then you've got to go in and do your renovations, your paint and your carpet and so on. Then you put it back on the market. And so the challenge that, that we found is, is how do you predict what the price is going to be in six months? Um, and in particular, last year, we saw unbelievable price volatility, 19.6% uh, appreciation, the most in sort of recorded history for real estate. And by the way, that's the national average. You go to places like Boise, you know, they were up 40% year over year. And so we felt that, that the, the, the pricing volatility introduced too much risk for the business. But the other thing that we learned, uh, which I think was a bit of a surprise, is that only about 10% of serious sellers ended up taking our offers. And so we ended up with a solution that was interesting, but it was interesting for 10% of the market and it was underserving the other 90%. And so what we're focused on now is the same fundamental goal. How do you streamline real estate? Uh, but is there a way you can, you can work on that problem using technology, working with agents, um, but serve the better part of the market? Yeah. Definitely. And so I want to get into that a little bit more um, because, you know, obviously Zillow has been a stalwart in the industry as far as advertising, marketing, um, you know, home search and that. Um, and I know that uh, Zillow CEO Rich Barton had had said that they're pivoting to from a media business to a transactional one. So talk to me about that pivot and what that means. Yeah. So if you look at sort of early Zillow, a lot of it was about what we call turning on the lights. So, you know, consumers consistently say they want to work with a real estate agent. They need professional advice, but they also want to come into the tra transaction feeling informed. Um, and so, so very early on, you know, we worked at the problem of, is there a way to help a, a seller understand what their house might be worth? Um, you know, not down to the last dollar, but, you know, give them a, give them a ballpark estimate of what their house might be worth. Um, putting listings online, putting agent reviews online, um, basically sort of providing the information that allows a buyer or seller to come to the transaction feeling informed. Um, and that that was that was a great foundation for the business, and it's still you know a, a key part of our business today. But what we're focusing increasingly on is you know once that consumer has potent, found a home which is potentially right for them, how do you solve the other? challengers or friction in the real estate 
in the real estate transaction. It's funny, you know, <laughs> internally, we talked a little bit about the fact that sometimes the most impactful problems in real estate seem really boring. You know, if, yeah. if you if you were going to recruit an engineer and say, hey, come, you know, come work on a real estate problem, they would be really excited if you said we're going to build a self-driving car for agents <laughs> to <laughs> right. around and tour homes. If you said to them, listen, um, we're going to try and solve the touring problem. That is, you know, about a quarter of buyers who want to get in to see a house end up not getting in. That may not sound as interesting. And yet, if you could solve that problem, that's really impactful for real estate. So from a transactional standpoint, um, you have, I mean, you were the original disruptor um, and you have a lot of competition kind of breathing down your throats or, or at least um, talking about it with CoStar. And I actually interviewed the COO of Tory Homes. They're trying to build a platform um, to compete with you as well. So talk to me about, um, you know, your ultimate goal as far as Zillow is concerned, um, you know, beyond home search and and like some of the things that you were just talking about. Well, let, let me actually start with home search because it's still, you know, a starting point for the journey. And I think there's a lot of really interesting work that we've done there. And then, and then I'll also talk about what we're doing sort of further down the funnel. Um, you know, one of the, the problems that we've been working on, I think we've done a good job in, in addressing is you know, this, this issue of how do we help you when you're searching for a home quickly find the right home. So, I mean, let me give you a, a, an example from take a look at Netflix. They have something like, you know, 6,000 titles in their library and you're not going to sit there on your TV and scroll through 6,000 titles. And so they have a, a big, big team that works on that first row that appears on your screen, the recommendations in the hopes that, that one of those first five or six recommendations is a, is a show you want to watch. We're doing the same thing in real estate. So when you, you come to Zillow, you do a few searches, and then based on, on all the sort of consumer data that we gather and, and machine learning, what we want to be able to do is on that first page of your search results, offer you a home that we think you're really going to like. Because the reality is you're not going to sit and click through the you know 87 homes that are for sale in a particular neighborhood. We just we know that. You just are not going to do that. And so I think we've done a really good job in, in using personalization and AI to present to you a home that you're going to like. So, so that, that's all happening behind the scenes. You don't see it, but I think it's, it's pretty interesting innovation. Um, you know, I think the second thing we've been doing is, is once you find that home, working with our partners, our, our, our agent customers, um, to do a great job of, of working with those, those potential home buyers. So one of the things we've done is we've we've upgraded our, our premier agent app, which is a, a mobile app that the agents use, so that when a lead comes in, um, you see all the information on what that consumer is interested in, what they've saved. So, so when we then connect you to the phone call, you, you can actually start that conversation, not at zero. You, you're already you know, halfway down the journey with that customer with a sense of what they're interested in. The other thing we're doing is um, we've launched something called Zillow Academy, which is basically um, like a like sort of a, a national mastermind system where we we've talked to the agent customers that we have who who have the highest close rates who are the most successful, and we understand what what are they doing that makes them successful, and then we take that and share that with our other customers. So, I think on on the front end on the search piece, we're continuing to make progress. Um, but you know, to answer I guess your question more directly, what happens next? The next piece is okay. You you found a home. That looks interesting. Hopefully, we got it to you on the first or second page of your search results, um, and now you'd like to go see that home. 
was sort of fortuitous that that we launched this product just before the pandemic. But we've we've launched a product called a Zillow 3D Home, which is a an immersive product. Lets you sort of walk through the home, go up the stairs, go into the backyard, look in the kitchen, and get a real feel for what that home is like. And what we found um, with that product is that is that homes that have those kind of tours are saved 57% more often than homes without them. But this is the really interesting data point. They sell on average 14% faster. Hmm. So the consumer sees the listing. They can then do this this sort of immersive tour through the home, and it it gets them further down that funnel more quickly. Um, And the product, by the way, there's no cost for it. It's a free product. Um, It's available to anybody who wants to use it because the goal here is to improve the journey. So that's one way that you can make that that discovery and touring easier. The second way is we um, we bought a company called Showing Time last year. Mm-hmm. And you know, one of the things that sort of really caught our attention was that they handled about 92 million requests, showing requests in 2021, of which only 68 million were confirmed. So almost a quarter of buyers who said that they wanted to go see a home for some reason didn't get through that front door. So this is it's a terrible experience for a buyer, right? Um, here's a home you love. It might be the right one for your, you and your family. It could be your dream home. You never get through the front door. It's a terrible experience for sellers because I want lots of interest. I want to create an auction. I, you know, I want to get multiple offers. So we think we can, with big investments we're making in that business right now, improve that tour success rate. Get it from you know 75% up to hope, you know, 80, 85, 90%. So we think there's a bunch of work there. So on the touring front, you got the 3D homes, you've got the work we're doing on showing time. And then we just this month actually launched um, a, a beta test, a trial uh, for new construction, where it's a self-tour product. So in this case, um, it's you know it's a model home, it's a show home, it's empty. You take your Zillow app and it's a remote control. You go to the front door, you know, you take a selfie of yourself so we can do identity verification, and then you are led into the house. We're starting with new construction, but I think there's some interesting opportunities for resale homes too, unoccupied resale homes. So, you know, you take it together, whether it's the, the, the virtual 3D tour, whether it's it's improving the tour success rate, whether it's a self-tour, you know, one of those so-called boring problems, but it's a big friction point in real estate. So it's an example of where um, we're making big investments because even, even if you can remove, you know, what seems to be a small friction point, the overall process is getting easier and easier. Okay. Um, and I know um, this isn't one of my questions, but I know you have your earnings call tomorrow. This will not go alive until Monday. Um, right. Is there anything that you want to talk about uh, from the earnings call that you think our audience would be interested in? Yeah. Um, one hates to you know ruin a surprise, right? Uh, <laughs> I, I think you're not going to hear anything on the earnings call inconsistent with what I'm saying today. What we're going to be talking about this idea of how do we streamline the transaction? And, and to be clear, streamline the transaction doesn't mean um, eliminate the role of the agent. This is actually about, about providing tools that agents and brokers can use so that the combination of, of you know, great, successful agents and great technology creates an easier, more predictable transaction. Okay. And um, tell me a little bit about, um, you know, some of the misconceptions that you think real estate agents and brokers have. Obviously, Zillow is, um, you know, 
people love to either hate you or love to love you. So talk to me about what you see as the misconceptions and, you know, address those. Tell me um, a little bit about that. I, th- I think sometimes I hear this, this sort of idea, well, you compete with me um, and we don't. Uh, we we are licensed as a broker. We hold brokerage licenses. And we did that primarily uh, so that we could basically get fresher and more accurate, more complete data uh, on Zillow. Um, but what you will never see us do, we're not listing homes. So if, if, you as a, if you as a seller came to us and said, Zillow, would you list our home? We'd say no, but we'll find you a really good agent who can do that for you. If you're a buyer and said, Zillow, would you please represent me uh, You know, on the buy side? We'd say no, but we'll find you a really good agent who can do that. So um, I think the refrain of, well, well, just because you hold a license, you compete with us. Um, I think if you, if you look at it, it doesn't really hold water. I think the other thing um, that, that in the past, maybe uh, there was concerns about was the, the accuracy of, the, of this estimate. Um, it's, it's very, very good. We've had 15 years to refine it. Um, we had a contest, a, a million dollar prize a couple of years ago where we had data scientists from all over the world um, competing to see if they could come up with solutions to improve this estimate. Uh, we had a guy in Australia who was one of the competitors who put like solar panels on his roof because he was using so much computing power <laughs> <laughs> trying to solve the problem. So this estimate these days is good. It's it, The error rate is less than 2% for, for homes that are on the market. It's less than 7% for homes that are not on the market and they maybe have not been on the market in 20 years. So so the, the accuracy of this estimate is now pretty good. Um, but we've always said that the estimate is a starting point. It's it's not a replacement for for an agent who knows the market, who can go in, take a look at the house, come up with a a marketing strategy, a, a staging strategy. Um, so I think sometimes there there's been concern in some quarters where agents say, "Well, gee, you know, if if the consumer can get all their all their listing information themselves on Zillow, or if they can get a, a price estimate on Zillow." Does that somehow push me out of the picture? And, and it doesn't. In fact, what we've seen consistently is that you know consumers on Zillow are more likely to use a real estate agent than consumers who are not on Zillow. It, it simply, I think we just live in an era now where everybody likes to do a little bit of research on their own. They like to come to a conversation informed and empowered. Um, and, and, and our entire business, our entire success is staked on our partner agent's success. Um, if our partner agents aren't making money by working with us, they're, they're going to leave. Um, so, so we are highly committed to, to this industry and to, and to our agent partners. Now, do you find that, um, because I've seen a huge trend toward um, a lot of brokerages, uh, I don't want to say they're focused on the consumer because they're focused on their agents. However, there you have to be focused on the consumer as well in order to provide your agents with the, you know, and, and so talk to me about that trend and what you're specifically, um, you know, what Zillow is doing uh, and just what you're seeing out there. All great agents focus on the consumer, right? Um, and and it, starts, it starts with the seller. It starts with the buyer. Uh, we spend a lot of time doing consumer research. And, and looking how attitudes change over time. So what the consumer maybe wanted 10 years ago is not what they want today. Um, but ultimately, we believe that the, that the agent is, is a key element of that consumer experience. So for example, we, we have a business called uh, Dot Loop, which is, you know, so you no longer have the fax machine. You can actually sign the purchase agreement on your phone. It's great. Um, you don't have 
you know, if you remember, I think we've been around long enough. You remember you'd go into a brokerage office, there'd be those, those that row of filing cabinets where you yeah. were saving your transaction documents for seven years and heaven forbid if there was ever a fire. Um, all of that is now moved online into the cloud. So, so we think that the way we serve consumers uh, is by helping agents be more efficient and, and be able to focus on the things they're really good at, the things that, that machines can't do. Machines are not going to help you negotiate, right? Machines aren't going to help you through sort of the emotional turmoil of, you know, is this the right home or do I want to sell the home where my kids grew up in? So, so our, our job we view is, is to provide the technology that agents need to provide great service to the ultimate, our joint end user, the customer. Okay. And I, I mean, I think that's, that's smart. I think that, um, you know, brokers are realizing that. And I see a lot of the disruptors are realizing that as well. Like, okay, we have to partner with brokers, um, even though we're serving the the consumers and, and figure out that the best way to do all of that. Um, what um, changes in the real estate environment um, have might change the way that you operate or might um, cause you to add new services? And this is really just um, an overall trends that you're seeing. I mean, I think, I think the, the, the trend, the issue right now, and you know about this, is simply there's no inventory, right? Yeah. And, and so affordability is a big issue. Um, you know, there's a lot of, there was a, an article in Bloomberg that came out last week where, uh, you know, buyers are saying this is, this is like the worst time to be in the market. Um, yeah. And so I think, you know, I was just looking at a report yesterday, you know, the number of, of new construction communities that are, that are, um, are being built, they're down 10% year over year. But then when you get into the, each community, the amount of for sale inventory that's, that's available is down 50%. We just have this massive inventory shortage. We've got this, 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 this generation, the millennials, who are bigger than the, the boomers were, um, all sort of entering their peak home buying age. Like this is literally this year and next year is is the peak home buying age for, for millennials. So we're going to have to get through that. You know, you got the interest rates probably going to go up. So I think there's just a bunch of sort of macroeconomic issues that we're all just going to have to get through. I, I don't think there's an easy solution. I think I think in the longer term, and I think the, the, the pandemic actually accelerated this, is sort of the adoption of technologies, whether it's like remote online notarization or whether it's like the, the 3D home tours I was talking about. As an industry, if you're a successful agent and you've got something that works and it's worked for a long time, it's human nature. You don't necessarily want to go adopt something new, but I think we need to keep going into our discomfort zone and, and you know, adopt technologies that can make the, the customer experience better. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, especially with AI and machine learning and that, um, really embracing that and, and Web3. <laughs> we'll see what happens with, with that. Um, where do you see the biggest opportunities for real estate brokers in the next year? Uh, one of the things that we're really interested in is, um, you know, remote work. So uh, we had really expensive office space in Seattle and New York and San Francisco. Uh, you know, I think in Seattle, we had floors 29 through 42, class A office space. Um, and we've gone to a, a fully remote work, you know, structure. So we, since, since we announced that, we've had about 2,000 employees who have sold their homes, moved to North Carolina or Maui or, you know, whatever the case may be, and they're never coming back to the office. And we're perfectly fine with that. You know, they might come back for a meeting once a quarter or something. I think this remote work, we trend, we call it the great reshuffling. I think this is, this is 
going to have a real impact. And I'm talking long-term impact on real estate. So if I'm a broker, I would be thinking about that and, and thinking how I tailor some of my marketing, my services to this new reality that you've got a lot of, I mean, obviously not all jobs can be done remotely, but a lot of white collar workers who are going to be moving, moving in or moving out of my neighborhood. And what do they need and what kind of space do they need? So I think I, if I was a broker, I would really lean into a marketing campaign to target those kind of, of buyers and sellers. I think that's really interesting. But also, I think it's time to rethink the traditional brokerage office. I mean, we this was happening even before the pandemic. Yeah. But, you know, agents were more likely to go meet with their client in a Starbucks. So do you need all that space or, or are you better off taking the money you were inve- investing in that space and, and putting it into services or, or, like I said, marketing? Mm-hmm. You know, the money we're saving on office space... Uh, is incredible. And, and we're not, we're reinvesting that money to create better experiences for our employees. So I think, I think the whole remote work thing is quite interesting. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, it's funny. My son was one of those who moved from New York city to Austin and still yeah. working uh, for the same company, but was able to do that. Uh, my husband's with Siemens. He's staying at home. He, he had, well, he has to go in two days a week. So yeah, I, it's definitely uh, um, huge and I don't really see it uh, changing a whole lot either. So, I, in fact, I, I agree with you. And in fact, I think even some of the companies who were, were doing what you just described, saying, "Well, you can work from home three days, but you got to come yeah. in two days," they're starting to back off that policy because it, there's such a, a competition for talent right now. Yeah. If I have to go to the office two days, I'm still tethered to my geographical location. Whereas yeah. if 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 I tell the employee you never have to come in, then they can do what your son did. They can move from New York to Austin. Right. And and I think even the companies who are, who are sort of have one foot in each camp, I think they're going to have to end up flipping and saying, you can work remotely forever. So I, I think this is a very interesting trend. Yeah, definitely. Um, so my last question is really, what does the future hold for Zillow? What's next? So we're, we're going to continue to build tools uh, to help agents. I'll, I'll give you an example. We just rolled this product out. Uh, it's called Offer Manager. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it's particularly useful right now where you got this hot market and multiple offers and in your inbox, you know, offer might get lost or so basically, uh, this product takes as a, as a sell side agent, takes all your offers, ingests all the information, extracts all the key terms, puts them on a screen so you can compare the offers to each other. The, the buy side agent who submitted the offer gets an immediate notification that yes, you've received it and you've looked at it. Uh, and then you can use this, this screen, this tool with your seller to compare the offers. Again, that's not rocket scientist science. It's not, it's not a self-driving car, but it's one of those sort of friction points that we can solve. So I think what you're, go- you're going to see um, is us continuing to invest in agent software that will streamline the transaction, help the agent, and thereby help the consumer. Um, I, the other thing you're, gonna, you're going to see, and I think this has been a, a, a problem in our industry, is there's a bunch of point solutions. So I've got a piece of software that is my CRM, and then I've got a piece of software that is maybe my my um, transaction management platform. Nothing talks to each other. Yeah. And so we're doing a lot of work on integration. We don't think we need to build it all, but we do think that all of these pieces need to fit together. So I think this notion of almost like a like a real estate super app, not necessarily one piece of software, but sort of an ecosystem or a platform um, that agents can use, I think that can be transformational. We're we're putting a lot of investment into that area right now. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, well, Errol, thank you so much for joining Real Trending. I really appreciate uh, chatting with you. It's been a long time since we've seen each other. So uh, it has. good yeah. to see you. Good to see you too. And thanks for your time.
Thank you for listening to Real Trending. If you haven't already, we'd love it if you'd take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. And we will see you next week with more news and insights.